0: Welcome back listeners to another episode of the new standard and we're joining you on September 19th week two of the National Football League schedule and joining me as always is my co host Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? I'm just coming down off of a phenomenal
1: Steelers game. We're excited. Um, yeah, but we are going to dive into it. It's uh, There's a lot to uncover here. A lot of things I think that happened in this game, um, definitely a lot more bad than good. But uh, it's important to flesh these things out, especially early in the season, because there's a lot both teams will have to fix if, if they want to be playoff contenders in the AFC. And I think there are two teams that went into this game with aspirations of doing that. And one um, pretty resoundingly proved that they belong in that conversation. The other
0: one I'm not so sure about. Maybe you agree with me, Lance. I do, and we are going to jump into it. Anyone that's joining us on the live stream, uh, big up to Richard Krikorian. Big up to you. Um, want to give a big shout-out to all of the sponsors of the show, UK Steelers Podcast, Steelers Landing, Great Dads versus Everybody, Shop Supreme Queen, Assist to Score, and big up to everybody out there that supports the show, everybody that hops on on the live stream. Make sure you hit us with a like. And a subscribe. You can also find the show on all uh, podcast platforms. Uh, I'm seeing people are chiming in already with their grades. People are a little bit upset about the performance, and they should be. Before we jump into our game grades, uh, any observations? Just give me your general observations for the game, but some news and updates. Any updates in terms of the injuries for Tyson Alulu? I- I'm assuming it's too early. What we've heard,
1: Mike Totlin just commented on this a couple minutes ago. Um, Alulu did in fact fracture his ankle, which obviously is not very good news for the Steelers. Uh, The length of time he'll be out is really going to be dependent upon whether or not he would have surgery. In some cases, that happens, in some cases, it doesn't. Um, Football being the, the violent contact game that it is, bones don't just break cleanly like they do when you fall down on the playground when you're eight years old. So oftentimes they require surgery in order to heal uh, you know, straight in the way that a professional athlete would really need them to. So I don't want to speculate whether it would be something that would need surgery or not, but we are uh, definitely looking at a, a, a possibility of him missing the rest of this season. We saw last season what happened when Alou Alou went down. It was not a good thing for the Steelers, but um, the hope was a little bit more depth this season, along the defensive line, they might be able to overcome that. Um, I don't think we saw that a whole lot in this game, Lance. To be honest with you, that that's uh, definitely something to look forward to, <clears throat> to not look forward to to, uh, to, to to keep our eye on. Along with that, the big one, I think, uh, more than a was TJ Watt leaving the game with a groin injury uh, by midway through the second quarter. The defense uh, lacked pass rush for the most part without Watt in there, and was a significant significant factor. In the game in their their overall defensive performance especially against the pass they were carved up for the better part of the second half by derek carr who i thought played a, a very good game but uh, an unchallenged half he had a pretty clean pocket most of that time needless to say tj watt is maybe uh one of the two or three best defensive players in the game his loss uh, was substantial today And an extended absence for him would be substantial as well. A groin injury uh, obviously does not require surgery in most cases, but uh, if it's not ready to go, they're not going to put him back out there next week. And you're looking at a a team that quickly goes to a a fairly, um, a a situation which they're probably going to need to win against a a real streaky up and down Bengals team, very similar to themselves. If they want to compete inside the AFC North, they're going to have to get as many division wins as they can. And not having TJ Watt is not going to help that. Along with that, uh, De- Deontay Johnson was injured on the last play of the game. Yeah, I saw that. It's interesting because Deontay Johnson usually gets injured uh, early on in the game. He saved his, his injury for late. Um, who knows what, what that situation is? Uh, Tomlin did not comment on that extensively either, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, an, an injury-played game, going into it, it was they, they were pretty beaten up. Um, the injuries at the end certainly don't help things, and it doesn't take anything off the scoreboard either.
0: And unfortunately – TJ Watts injury is something that we talked about uh, extensively on an earlier show about, you know, just running on the sidelines and getting in cardiovascular shape is not preparing for football. It's not preparing for collisions. So I don't think we're necessarily surprised that, that, that happened. And unfortunately what we see right now on a team that doesn't really have too many avenues to win, it's totally dependent on high performances by its defense, and when you say high performances or when I say high performances, it's totally dependent on the pass rush getting home and the pass rush being consistent. Before I get your thoughts, Neil, on the game or general overall observations, I'm going to take some observations from a 64,000-foot perspective as well as from this game. I think when you look at this offensive line and I think when you look at the newness of it, and the inconsistencies of it, and Trey Turner spitting on the guy is ridiculous. That's not a professional play. That's taking yourself out of a ball game. Add him to the injury list. He's not going to play next
1: week either. (laughs) They're going to suspend him for sure.
0: That's not doing what you need to to, do to win football games. So, when I look at this offensive line, earlier in the year, we predicted 7 and 10, both of us. And I don't want to necessarily uh, you know, jump off of a bridge, the numerous bridges in Pittsburgh, uh, after this loss. But I think what it does is, I think the inconsistency of this offensive line puts you in low-scoring games consistently. And when you're in low-scoring games consistently, you give yourself a, a great chance to lose because low-scoring games typically are determined by a player or two. The Raiders got that play against Ruggs today. And also, when you look at this team, the way it's shaped, clearly they're stronger on a defensive side of football. But in football in 2021, I'm of of the firm belief that defense does not win uh, regular season games. It may win championships if you can get good offense, but it doesn't win regular season games. You can't have a recipe of holding teams down to low scores to try to win every week. Because you're not going to score enough points. You're not going to get the point differential that you need to not play perfect games. When I watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't see many avenues. If this offensive line continues to be inconsistent for them to win football games. And so seven and 10 to me is firmly in play. Every game that they play If this offensive line does not play better, it's going to struggle. It's going to be a struggle. When you look at this offensive line, it needs a mobile quarterback to extend plays, to get cheap yards, and to put them into some third and manageables. I'm just not coming out of this game, out of these first two weeks, with any warm and fuzzy feelings when I look at this offense and Ben Roethlisberger saying it's a work in progress, and and how fast it's not going to be. I'm just not, I'm not really optimistic about where this offensive line is going, where this offensive go is going, and and just the struggles of it. It looks very difficult for them to move the ball consistently and to score plays and to score. And like you said a couple of weeks ago. In the National Football League right now, it's about explosive plays. I don't think that this offense can generate explosive plays consistently for them to score. I would even argue it's not
1: even so much the the lack of explosive plays. I thought they had a couple of them. Um, In typical Ben Roethlisberger fashion, anytime he sees his big downfield guy in single coverage, he's going to put the ball up there. And to some degree, it's a 50 50 ball. You're going to get 50% of them. And it's nice. And that helped out to some degree. They don't have anything else offensively and it, it, if we're lining up it, Ben Roethlisberger's comments that it's a work in progress it, pardon the language but yeah no shit I've been saying this all offseason this team does not have a good offense that's it's seven and ten I thought was more they're gonna put it together they'll get something going by the end this is not a good offensive team period I it, how anybody thought it was going to be is beyond me they needed a block punt against Buffalo and unworldly levels of pressure to beat the Bills by a touchdown last week. You know what happened today, Lance? They didn't block a punt for a touchdown. They didn't get the pressure. That game was over midway through the third quarter. It was obvious. Najee Harris is not the answer to anything, certainly not to an offensive line. They, they They can't create any kind of separation on the defense. They can't get a push anywhere. It's so bad their coach is down nine points in the fourth quarter and he's not going for it on fourth and one. That's how bad of an offensive team they are. They don't have a chance to win games if their offense has to come from behind and their defense is not putting the quarterback on his back and forcing takeaways. You know what this is? This is 2019 and 2020 combined. It's the same team. This isn't any different. We should not be expecting them to pull miracles out of thin air the way they did the last two years to stack wins the way that they have. It's not going to happen consistently. At some point, the other shoe is going to fall. What I've said, as far as a 7-10 and 10 record this year, what I said is they might be able to fight above that if they stay completely healthy on defense. Well, guess what? They're not even close to healthy anymore. Four starters are out now, four of them in that game. It, that, that took six quarters for them to lose four starters. They, it, it's not going to happen. They're not going to be able to overcome that. And we saw that in the second half. I mean, kudos to, to Derek Carr. Again, I, th- I thought he played a great game, but he didn't have much choice otherwise. I mean, he had to hit the wide open throws. It was a great play call that they made on third and 10 to get rugs behind Minka. It didn't require them to, to do much but get Minka to commit a little bit more to Waller. And the second that he did, Carr's got the, the shot over the top. The play worked exactly as they wanted it to, and credit to them for doing that. But that's the level of margin the Steelers defense has. They cannot give up those plays ever, and they didn't against Buffalo. That's why they won. How many times in a seventeen game season, Lance, are they going to be able to do that? Uh, no, my never. opinion: not more than not more than
0: seven. <laughs> that's just me. Yes, it's, it's 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 not a recipe, and you know that's one of the thing i things I wrote on my show notes just for my comments. They have no margin for error. Absolutely zero. And you can't win every week with no margin for error. And, you know, Ben's just not, I don't think, the quarterback for this offensive line, for a retooled offensive line, you know, he's just not the guy. And to your point about late in the fourth quarter, them having the punt, I think even more disturbing was late in the fourth quarter when they were down the multiple scores, they still couldn't push the ball upfield they still felt like they had to throw it underneath to complete a pass to keep Ben upright and they couldn't just take shots down the field and try to stretch the field and you know this offense and, and it's 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 no it's it's no shade on Matt Canada uh, it's not really a lot of shade on Ben Roethlisberger but there's not much this that they can do offensively with this offensive line it is just it just shows and reinforces the importance of the offensive line. Let me get your thoughts before we jump into the grades. I thought the Raiders game plan from what you described on Thursday is what the Steelers game plan should have looked like. I, I thought the Raiders did an excellent job of being able to complete short to intermediate stuff and use their best weapon and Waller as a decoy to open up some other things. Um the other observation is the Raiders offensive line outplayed the Steelers overall in the game and Leatherwood going out was the worst thing that happened for the Steelers in this game. It was Raiders, indeed.
1: I said Raiders, that at the time too. This is not going to end well for the Steelers. Yeah, they the, were the, kicking his butt. That they was they fun to watch. They were him.
0: And, and the Raiders pass protection got better when Leatherwood went out. My other observation <laughs> is the Steelers only had the ball for 25 some odd minutes on offense. The Raiders had, I think, at least maybe 10, 15 more plays, offensive plays run than the Steelers. This is not a recipe for sustained success. You can't continue to get destroyed in time of possession, and you can't continue to uh you know really struggle to possess the football at some point in time, like you said, Neil, and I think it was a great observation, is um the more plays you have, you're more susceptible that your defense at some point in time is going to give up a big one. And, and that's what happened in this mm-hmm. game. Yep. And that defense got worn down. TJ went out. And then it was just off to the races for the Raiders. Kudos to the Raiders for a fantastic win in Pittsburgh.
1: It's a huge win for them. And and big plays, again, usually are what define a game. Um, it, we saw it last week, and we saw it again now. The Steelers, to their credit, they hit a couple. Uh, I, I think Claypool made a nice play down the field um, on on the one to, to set up Najee's touchdown to to keep him competitive. But the big play from the Raiders that they they marched down the field a, a couple times before, but Ruggs's play obviously was huge. What about the the one on Claypool? The perfect hit on Claypool that dislodged the ball by by the the kid who basically killed himself for for the sake of the team. That's a huge play. It, the teams that make those plays win games. The Steelers did not make any substantial plays in the second half. The Raider made Raiders made all of them. That's what it comes down to against Buffalo is the other way around. These are the way it, this is the way these games are going to be decided for the rest of the year for the Steelers until they figure out how to do anything consistently on offense. And right now, they they simply can't. You are not getting anywhere in the NFL today averaging 4.2 yards a play or whatever they've had now two weeks in a row. They have possession for 25 minutes, which is almost a guaranteed loss, especially when you've, you've turned the ball over once in two games and you have no possession at all. They're not able to consistently keep a, a, an opposing offense off the field. And eventually in this league, the more you're on the field, the more you're going to score. That's the way it is. There are too many playmakers rules are too slanted toward the offense. Teams understand the value of big plays down the field. They're spending ungodly amounts of money on guys that can do one thing, which is make big plays or draft them 13 overall like Henry Ruggs. That's all they're capable of doing, but they have impact on games. And the Steelers don't have anybody right now that's doing that, and they're not going to. They don't have an offensive line that can protect their quarterback. They don't have an offensive line that can carve holes in the running game. I swear there was a play Najee Harris got the ball in the backfield, and he was dancing against shadows when he got it because he assumed there was going to be somebody there, and there wasn't. He had room past like two yards from the line of scrimmage and he was juking back and forth. There was nobody there. And a lot of that is because I don't think he's had maybe more than five carries so far this season where he's not getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. They're really bad. That's not an exaggeration. They're going to be a terrible running team. So we can argue the difference between Najee Harris and Benny Snell all we want, but I don't think there's a difference right now. If the guy has, has no yeah. chance to make a play, he's not going to. And to to I'm not trying to rip on Najee. I'm just saying that the the position that he is playing right now has zero chance of success and that's because of several players up in front. We we saw I don't you tell me. It maybe the reader or the the listeners here can weigh in as well. I'm not sure if the offensive line was worse in this game or last game, but it was pretty bad. And if if that's your combined effort for 2 weeks, what did this team do all offseason? How much capital, Lance, did they spend? How many, how many draft picks did they spend to impact the run game? I understand that, that second or, uh, third and fourth round picks went on offensive linemen, but your, your first and second went on guys involved with running the football. None of it works. If anything, they're worse than they were last year. So to be honest, work in progress is, is probably the most uh, political spin I think we've heard from Ben Roethlisberger, and that says a lot. They're a nightmare offensively. This team isn't going anywhere uh, it, it, with with this group that they have right now. They are not going to be able to win games soon. They're going to have to figure something out. I don't think they have the the, the horses to pull the sleigh anymore.
0: I love that analogy, the horses to pull the sleigh. I love that. You have great ones on, on, on those, Neil. And before we jump into the grades, uh, if you guys have any questions on the live stream or anybody listening to the show, please pop in your questions. We're going to do some grading. And then after that, we're going to jump into some questions. Disappointing loss in the home opener for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's jump into the offensive grades. Let's jump into the grade for the quarterback position. Let me give you Ben's stats on the day. 27 completions, 40 attempts, 295 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a quarterback rating of 87. What would you give Ben as a grade in this game?
1: I'd give Ben probably a C-plus, B-minus, somewhere in there. I I don't think he did a bad job today. I don't think he had a whole lot of an opportunity to to do much. I definitely think uh, he made an active and concerted effort to get the ball down the field. And he he put up a couple good throws. Um, It wasn't great overall. I I don't know how much I put this on – Ben, the interception wasn't a real good decision on, on his part. You're going to get that from him here and there. But um overall, not bad, not great. A little bit above average. Call it a C plus.
0: I think I'd give it a C2. Uh again, I I think this offensive line requires a quarterback to be able to be mobile, to get extra yards, to put it into some advantageous situations where it can get. Uh, before the sticks where it can convert some third downs a little more easily. I just don't think right now it's a nice match between quarterback and offensive line. I think Ben was slightly above the line, so I think the grade of a C-plus is probably right. Let's jump into the quick question here from Melvin. What's up, Melvin? Congratulations, I believe, on the birth. Not the birth, but the birthday of your son. Uh, so congratulations, Big Mel, long-time listener of the program. And he asked, when will Deontay and Ben get in sync? He constantly stops running routes. I know the OL issues are there, but when Ben does have time, the wide receivers don't have a lot of separation.
1: I, I would say this. I think it's 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 a good observation that it it seems like he's cutting routes off um, fairly often. We've seen that more than a couple times this year. That is um, what that's what that. What that is indicating is that they have an option route set up, which means the quarterback and receiver are both reading one player or one area of the field based on the depth of the the defender, whoever that happens to be. That is what uh, tells the receiver to go wherever he is. Ben seems like he's reading that, that defender differently than Johnson is. And in the one third and 10 where Ben threw it up and there was nobody uh, behind him. And I don't think there was anybody within 20 yards of that throw. Um, Johnson cut that short. And in, in, in this particular case, from what I saw, this is just my useless opinion. I think Johnson got that one wrong because Ben is probably reading the safety. And the fact that there is not a safety over the top for Ben, that's code for go to the end zone. Ben loves single coverage. Ben will throw one-on-one against anybody in the league at any time. To him, if, if the defender is with the receiver. If he is even with the receiver and there's no help over the top, that means go. Johnson didn't do that. He cut that off. There are a couple other ones. It really is is um, circumstantial. You have to look at the situation and see what it was. I can't speak to all of them. I just know that that was the big one today. And Johnson doesn't seem to have the same kind of confidence deep down the field as Ben does. I don't think anybody has the confidence Ben does down the field. But Johnson doesn't seem to want to go get the ball that much. I'm not sure why. Um, I. I Deontay's interesting. I, I think there's some mental stuff going on with him for the most part. I'm not sure if he is always on the same page with Ben. Um, but he's he's a damn good player. Ben's a good quarterback. They'll they'll get it together. Um, that's reps, that's uh conversation, that's film study. They'll they'll get it back. I'm I'm confident that Johnson's gonna have more than a few big games this season for
0: him. Let's jump into the running back grade, and I'll give you my grade. We'll we'll go back and forth in terms of who gives the grade? Najee Harris had 10 carries, 38 yards. Uh Benny Snell, two carries, one yard. Um, and so for the running backs, they have 12 carries for 39 yards. That's about three yards a carry. Let's just say for the entire running back position, I'm just gonna give them a D. I don't I don't like to give F's, but because I'm not sure what. Benny Snell and, and, and Najee Harris can do as running backs with this offensive line. I, I'm not sure. So I, I'm, I'm going to give the running back grade a D in this game. Um, I, I think the one two from Najee is there. I just don't think the offensive line is good enough right now to support a running game in any way shape or fashion what's your grade for the running back position
1: Um, I'm the running backs in this game is Najee just like it was last game I don't care about Benny Snell's two carries or one failed end around (laughs) for for Chase Claypool or the the gimmick touchdown by Juju rushing in this game was Najee clearly um I am tempted to give it an incomplete and I think most people will probably agree with that I'm going to say why
0: we can't we we can't do incomplete you got you got to give a grade
1: I found out in college anybody can give an incomplete if you know what to ask for and how to ask for it. But Najee, no, most of his carries he had no chance. At the same time, though, he's not making guys miss. He's not making guys pay. He's not dragging defenders down the field a whole lot. He's a 23-year-old workhorse running back. I I kind of want to see a little bit more from him. Um, I'm not going to crush him for that, but I guarantee you the running backs coach is going to tell him that sooner rather than later. It's not that I expect him to have five yards to carry with what he's getting. But, you know, he's at three yards of carry on, on the season right now. They drafted Benny Snell in the, the what the fifth round three years ago and kept him on the team now to do basically the same thing that Najee is doing. So the expectation is a little bit higher for him. That said, it's not just about running the ball. He made a nice play on the the, the screen pass that he got, the one touchdown, um, he catches it in the flats. He made a guy miss there. He outran a guy to the pylon, dove in, made a nice play. That's the kind of Najee Harris uh, uh, style that you wanted to see from him on the team this year. So with that, I'll give him a C. I'm probably going to give out a lot of Cs. I'm a big C guy. Um, I don't think it was entirely his fault, but I don't think he played a great game either. He's not helping it. Um he wasn't drafted in the first round to run into a perfect situation and have everything fall perfectly for him. If he's gaining 4.8 yards a carry and there isn't a defender until three yards uh, past the line of scrimmage, he probably should be doing more than 4.8 yards of carry. If he's only doing 2.8, which he is in this game, he better be met in the backfield in every single one of them and at least shake off the first guy. He's not doing that. They're slowing him down. He's not beating guys. Um, I think Jonathan Abrams knows now not to mess with him on the sideline. It was a great play uh, that that he that he made throwing him to the ground. You like to see that. I just I would have liked to see a little bit more. I don't know how many opportunities he had. I don't think it I don't think it was I don't think he's blame free at all. I don't think his game was otherwise perfect. I, that that's why I would say if we were allowed to I'd give him an incomplete. But um I, I, a c is about right for him mostly because of the, the the run that he made after the catch to, to score the touchdown and the 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 stiff arm that he gave abrams which was much appreciated because I really don't like that guy
0: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna increase my grade to a c I, I remissfully I did not add uh his impact in the passing game he did get five targets five receptions 43 yards and a touchdown reception so I think that increases his grade for me to a c But they did not draft, to your point, they did not draft Najee Harris to be a complimentary player. They drafted him to be a difference maker as a first-round draft pick. What's your grade for the offensive line? Uh, It it, it May as well give him an F. I mean, it it was bad. Um,
1: Ben got hit five or six times. Um, him getting rid of the ball was the only reason he prevented six sacks today, which to add to ben, great. Add that he's playing defensive football most of the time. He got popped a few times um, af- after the throw, and there was a free rusher on every play. I mean, they, they were constantly in the backfield. They, they did very little to protect the passer in this game. Um, protection overall was poor, I I put that on the tight ends as well. I am not somebody that's gonna evaluate the tight ends as outside of the offensive line. Their primary purpose in being there is to help protection. They didn't do that at all today. That that was a poor job. I know everyone loves Pat Fryermuth. He did not block well today. Tackles didn't block well. We didn't see great play from the interior, and our our starting right guard, who probably should be the best on the offensive line, spitted a guy and got thrown out. That's, yeah, that's the kind terrible. of game this was. That, that's it, it was. Yeah, it is. He's going to get suspended for a game. Should we talk about that? I, I, I'm curious. What do people think about that? I saw that right away. I was like, oh no, there's yeah, no way terrible. the NFL is going to let this guy play next week. Yeah, there's that, no that, way. That, that, that
0: was um, that. That was a terrible play. Terribly. Uh, that's a terrible play. Really unprofessional uh, by Trey Turner. Yeah, this offensive line is just bad. I mean, I, you know, I hate to give Fs. I know I just said that, so I'm going to let you give the grade of an F. So I'll just give it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't I, I, like doing this. I'm going to make you say
1: <laughs> it alone. <laughs> I would hey, give it That's, a D- that's fine with it though. I guarantee gonna D- you're not going to see. You won't see many people giving the Steelers a passing passing grade on their offensive line tomorrow.
0: No, that that that's not um, a good performance. And this is the type of game where. You have to actually watch the game because if you look at the sacks, I think the Raiders only had two sacks on the game, but they had a ton of pressure. They have pressure. There were a lot of, that, that of is, today was a good
1: example of why pressure is probably the better stat over to look at over sacks. Sacks impact the game. Pressure impacts the quarterback. Difference in those two things is is can be astronomical a game like this Ben was taken fire for most of that game the fact that he is smart and he probably expected it is the only thing that saved him uh it, it, a, a lesser experienced quarterback a more stubborn quarterback would have taken five sacks today easily Ben got, he he had to escape a few times he did a good job with that again I think he expected to so it, it's it, it should have been a lot worse in the stat
0: sheet Let me give you the quarterback hits. The Raiders had 10 quarterback hits. Now put that in perspective to the amount of dropbacks. So the Steelers dropped back and passed 40 times. So, and they got two sacks. So they got 12 quarterback hits and, you know, 12 quarterback hits that I'm, because I add sacks and quarterback hits. So that's 12 hits on a quarterback and 40 attempts. That's too many, especially for, a quarterback that is it is in his 18th year. Let's look at the wide receiver position. What's your grade for the wide receivers? I I thought Deontay Johnson played a good game. As far as the other wide receivers, it was an inconsequential game. I don't think uh, Juju impacted the game. I don't think Claypool impacted the game. And again, they don't really involve Washington in the game plan as a wide receiver. So I'm going to give the wide receivers a C.
1: Um, I would probably give them a C minus. Uh, Claypool did impact the game. He had the he had the big play that got them the the touchdown. Um, true, true. I think he was running time. deep. Uh, almost made what would have been a big play. Got the the hell knocked out of him across the middle on the on the one at the end. Um, Claypool, man, it, Claypool should be playing a lot better than he does. Uh, it, give Casey Hayward credit. He made a great play in that ball in the end zone, but. Top-to-bottom play is just not consistently dominant. Uh, he very well could be, and I'm going to bet that they're telling him that on a weekly basis. He hasn't found that consistency yet, that professional maturity. He's going to get there. Uh, he could have done more today. I thought he did okay, you, but he could have done more today.
0: Let me ask you this. I mean, in terms of the route tree, just the traditional route tree, I mean, I am seeing I see him run post, corners, and goes. Um, I mean, are they, do you feel like they're going to expand him in the route? tree? I don't even see him running digs or outs. So I'm just wondering, do you, do you see uh, an expansion in the route tree and him running the route tree uh, in this offense? They, they need to possess the ball more. You know? yes, 55 true.
1: plays last week, we talked about that. 56 plays this week. Uh, 40 pass attempts today. But it, today I think was more for whatever reason, at least when, when Hayward left the game, I could see why they would want to have him vertically challenging uh, more. I I can see that. Early on, though, that's really the only plan that they had for him. Along with that, I'm going to bleed that into my analysis of of Juju Smith-Schuster, who doesn't seem to be allowed to run a route longer than than seven yards at most now. I don't understand the reasoning about that at all. Do you realize Najee Harris on one less catch had more yards than Juju had today? Juju had six catches for 41 yards. (laughs) Naji had yeah, five catches for 43 yards. Those should be their rushing stats. Yeah. Now we're we're looking at two non-factor receivers. And keep in mind, Juju six for 41. He had a long of 17. Okay. Yeah. So do the math on that. What is it? 34 yards on five catches. Najee 25 yards on 43. So you're looking at 18 on, on four catches. I mean, that that's just that's it, that's, it's miserable.
0: That's, abysmal. That, that's it's, abysmal.
1: These are guys that are catching the ball and being tackled where they stand. There are reasons why that's happening. Some of it is because they're not making guys miss. Juju did a great job. But at the same time, the, the fourth down play the Steelers did go for early in the game, uh, fourth and three, or fourth and four, excuse me, Juju ran a three yard route, cut out. Ben was looking at him the entire time, and Ben was ready to throw as soon as Juju got out of his break, except three Raiders collapsed on top of him. Ben had nothing. He pumped. He danced around, lobbed it deep, incomplete. Took a hit on that play as well. That was their fourth down call, Lance. It was Juju running short to the flat. Okay. The Raiders certainly know that's coming. You and I know that's coming. And they sold out to stop Juju short. No secondary route to that. There was nothing behind it. Juju wasn't setting up anything else. That that goes to show the, the lack of, of dynamic thought they're putting into what they have offensively right now. And as I, I told everybody all last season and the season before, this is not exclusive to the offensive coordinator. You're not going to bring in Bill Walsh to change all of this and, and overhaul and be able to win with what they have. It's that they are not that a, talented. You think that's a factor of the offensive line and why – Yes, it's a significant factor. They don't have pass protection. They can't block the edge. They can't protect their passer. They can't have him go seven-step drops. Everybody, and I'm sure there are people in the comments right now who are are yelling about, one, the lack of creativity, and, two, it's going to come around to why they throw short of the sticks on third down. When it's third and ten and you just dump it off to a running back or something, it's because they don't want their quarterback dropping seven steps against a defense that knows they're going to have to throw and knows where they're going to throw the ball. You're, you're inviting a massacre of your quarterback when you do that. Now, I, I said that because the Steelers did that on 3rd and 10, I think. Derek Carr hit a home run on 3rd and 10 on the next drive, so I can't really say a whole lot, but the Raiders protected the passer. The Steelers weren't doing that. When you don't have the ability to protect the guy throwing the ball, you can't ask him to drop deep. Cut off the angle of your protection and let the, the pass rushers who are typically your, the best athletes on the team haul off and and sprint to the quarterback to hit him while he's throwing the ball. You don't want to turn the ball over either. So you, you, you put all that together when you don't have the ability to, to deliver accurate passes down the field and give guys competitive chances to move the chains. The easiest thing to do is to throw it short, hope that he can break a tackle and make a run to the sticks. If not, you're going to punt. That's really what it comes down to. If the game is not on the line, they're going to play field position. I know people are frustrated by that. I just, for the life of me, Lance, can't figure out why anybody watching this team play offensive football thinks they're capable of just gaining 11 yards on a third and 10. They're not very good. They turn the ball over, the game's over. So don't don't think that they can just make up whatever they want to do. And just all they have to do is just outthink the defense. No, the defense doesn't have much to do. They want to be in that situation. Third and long. Pass rushers get paid $20 million a year because of their success on third and long. You're, you're asking them to kill your quarterback,
0: to turn the ball over, and to take control of the game. In terms of the tight end, great. I think the only thing interesting there, and again, Friermuth had four catches. He had four catches, 36 yards along the Listen to game. the fan
1: base. They are the greatest four catches
0: that have ever been made. And here's the interesting thing. I think with the tight end position is Ebron only had two targets and I don't think Ebron started in the game is Fryer the uh, starter now. Um, yes, he is. But just to break in really quick, we do have uh,
1: uh breaking news on Tyson Luulu He will have surgery on his ankle and is expected to miss the remainder of the season, according to Jerry wow. Dulac of the post-Gazette. Wow. So like I said earlier, um if if in in some cases if the the break is clean they're able to just let it heal and typically the player is able to come back six seven eight weeks somewhere in there if they had if he has surgery though it's going to be a season-ending injury and that that's what happened with tyson Alulu unfortunately um a great story this offseason he was uh Ready to sign with Jaguars. He got COVID and couldn't make the trip. And in the time that he had COVID, Steelers players talked him into signing with the Steelers.
0: Cal Bear, and he lasted yeah. a game and a half.
1: So Cal Bear um,
0: too. Cal Bear football too. Great well. player
1: too. Great player. I lo- I love him. Just a, a yeah. great. He's a football guys guy. You know the 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 best football players. Love guys like Tyson Alula. He's he's technically sound. He's dedicated to what he does. He does the dirty work. And that's a big loss. The Steelers do not have a whole lot of depth there. They're trying to build up Carlos Davis, Isaiah Bugs. Let's put it this way. If Davis or Bugs was the solution, one of them would have been cut and they would not have traded a pick to draft Isaiah Loudermilk. Right, who's going to play right. a lot now uh, more than, than what they expected and probably hoped him to play this season. That That's a big loss for the Steelers.
0: Let, 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 let's talk about this really quick. I, I think on some teams you could lean into not having a little into it and you could play lighter boxes where you could go with, with sort of a trend that's now happening in the National Football League where you play five in a box and you play a lot lighter boxes. You're playing dime, and you're playing nickel consistently, and you're doing a lot of different things with your defensive secondary and essentially saying, well, if you're going to beat me with the run, you're going to beat me with the run. We're going to cover everything and get after the quarterback. How do you think the Steelers will adjust down a and now da- and down to it uh, in these first three games? How do you think they'll, they'll approach it from um, an alignment uh, perspective? Do you think they'll go uh, more nickel, more dime, um, how do you think they will address it?
1: it it's really tough to say. You, you have to measure out a few things. What you're talking about with um, Carlos Davis, for example, probably a better pass rusher. Isaiah Bugs is is more of the run defender. I don't think they necessarily wanted to have both of them with the helmet each week. Um, that and it, to. to to provide that depth. Somebody had made a comment about depth earlier, which I think is, is obviously very important now for the Steelers. Um, You need that depth to go along with it though. So to back up one player or to back up both of those players, you need another one. That's a a plus one, at least on their defensive line that they probably didn't want to keep week to week. So they're going to have to make a decision on what they can do with perhaps one of them, if not two of them. And from there, uh, see how that's going to work into whatever packages that they have. But in the end, Lance, I would say this. They, they plan what they're doing. Uh, it, it really is a, a combination of what they're good at, then funneled down to who they're playing and what that team is doing. So you look at Cincinnati. I, I have not watched Cincinnati yet. I don't really know what they're doing at, at this point, but I know they're capable of running the ball. You're going to need some type of, of run defense in there. Uh, without a especially, my guess would be Cincinnati's going to want to run the ball next week. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, My guess, just right now, two minutes after news broke that that he's not going to play, my guess is going to be Cincinnati would want to load up. Um, if that's the case, they're going to want to play heavier. Uh, 12, 21 get,
0: personnel, two tight ends. Yeah, years, yeah. I,
1: I mean, the Steelers are going to want to play up front heavier. Yeah, that, that's sure. typically a, a, a four-man front. Um, yeah. Pinch in the outside linebackers a little bit more. Uh, but it's also – you know, the type of thing they're going to see seven, eight times a game. That's a lot. You know, you you don't play the same packages all the time and everything that you're doing. Um, The Steelers to this point have based everything they're doing on nickel packages and dime packages. And I don't mean, you know, cheap like nickel and dime would normally emphasize. I mean, they're playing heavy in the secondary. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that next week. Not now. Um, Keep in mind, too, Carlos Davis was injured this week. (laughs) Go figure. Uh, um, They've got a problem. They they've got a problem. I, I'd say Henry Mondu is gonna get called up off the practice squad. And um yeah, they got a lot they're gonna need to figure out. they 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 have no depth on defense anymore.
0: You did you give me a grade for the tight ends? I know we got uh... tight ends. I give a,
1: a D. They didn't do anything.
0: Okay. I, I thought they
1: were they were poor uh, in, in terms of blocking and protection. I don't know if Ebron has had many donuts in his career in Pittsburgh, he didn't catch a pass. Um, I, I think we're definitely seeing kind of the the beginning of the end of him in Pittsburgh. And I also think that they really only kept him for the sake of insurance and, um, their need to, to really have some continuity among their tight ends. I think Fryermuth is going to be their guy over the course of the season. I just don't know how many passes any of them are really going to get, um, but if, if they're not blocking better than what they did today, it doesn't make a difference. I don't care how many passes they catch. If they can't block, they're not helping the team the way that they need to. they got plenty of guys on this team that can catch the ball. Tight ends, four for 36 on six targets for the tight ends. It's not a good game.
0: Let's jump to the defensive side of football. Start with your grade uh, for the defensive line, and I'm going to guess what your grade is going to be. I'm going to guess it's going to be a C+. for who for what the the defense defensive line defensive line defensive
1: line line. defensive line did pretty well I'd I'd probably put them in the b-ish minus range uh without really being able to dig in and and break it down they lost to Lulu pretty quickly into that game keep that in mind uh Isaiah Bugs had to play a bunch Loudermouth played a bunch uh it's tough to overcome that in the game I thought Cam Hayward played well and he really is their defensive line now so uh, top to bottom um I, I don't think it's unfair to say B minus. They they stopped the run well. They got pressure um, at least earlier before they they lost Watt. It was it was a tough road to hoe. The defensive line was not going to win this game. Let's put it that way. They, they they could not put it on the the hands of the defensive line and expect to win.
0: Yeah, they only gave up. Um, I'm looking at the running back totals for the Raiders. They gave up uh, 20 carries, 41 yards. So that's like 2.1 yards per carry. So that's solid. Barber averaged 2.5 yards per carry. Kenyon Drake averaged 1.3. The long run of the game for the Raiders was 13 yards. This was definitely not a rushing game. Um, This was a game where the Raiders felt very comfortable because of, I think, the early T.J. Watt injury uh, of being able to go to almost exclusively the passing game um, and throwing the ball you know, about 41 times or 41 dropbacks. So, I mean, the defensive line, I mean, you know, I, I okay, I, I could agree with the B minus. I don't think it was a great game. By no means did it look like Buffalo, but I don't think um, it was necessarily a stellar game. Let's jump to your linebacker grades. Would you grade the linebackers, Neil?
1: Uh, I'm probably going a C minus to a D plus out of the linebackers. Um Schobert made a play or two in pass coverage. They really went after him
0: though. Um, yeah, they did. You think he's a step slow? You think he's, I, play, he's playing like a guy that's new to a defense that's maybe a little step slow, not playing with fluidity and, and, and being kind of natural and just playing and, and just playing fast, or is he thinking or what's your thought on Schobert so far?
1: I think this. I think anytime you ask a linebacker to be covering a, a, a one of the modern weapons in the NFL more than ten yards danger, down the field danger. Yeah, you're you're behind. Um, the days of Patrick Willis, a true third down forty yard depth guy, Brian Urlacher that that's gone. Uh, we we just don't see that anymore. Yes, there are some. I, I I'm I'm exaggerating when I say that, but it, it's I Joe Schobert is not one of those guys. So um, he had a pretty. A couple pretty tough assignments today. I thought he made a great play on the one uh, deeper down the field. I don't think he's far behind it. I think he's just getting beat in in pretty tough situations. When when the quarterback has uh, four seconds to throw the ball and right. a, a linebacker is covering a, a running back or a, a pass-catching tight end on a wheel route or a, a deep corner, he's at a disadvantage. Those are routes that are run when you have protection, when you have the ability to make those throws. Linebacker's not, pro- in, in, in coverage, linebackers not gonna provide in in single coverage linebacker's linebacker is not going to provide you know the type of, of uh, defensive support that you need after the ball is in the air I mean it's already over at that point uh, the defense let, is let me lost. ask you
0: let me ask you from a, from a coaching perspective the gr- the grade on that play um is he getting a minus grade because he's given up the completion or you know what type because he's in the picture but but to your point I mean, one-on-one coverage. It's almost just like tip your hat to them. They got the protection. They were able to identify the weakness in your defensive call, and they were able to take advantage of it. How how is he getting graded on that play? And I agree with you about the linebacker grade. I'm gonna give them a C minus. I don't think they really impacted the game. Well, what's your, but, but how, how how is he getting graded on those plays? It depends on how the team would grade them. I,
1: I I don't think necessarily the one, the play that I'm thinking of, um, it was deeper down the field, Guy made a nice play on the ball. It, without having seen what Schilbert was doing before it, I it, the result of the play to me didn't look like it'd really be all that much of a minus, but he's a highly paid professional athlete. He didn't win the play. So if you don't win the play, you lose it. That That's just kind of the way it goes. Um, they're not going to pat him on the back, but they're not going to chew him out either. He just, he got beat. Um, you want them to stay competitive. You want them to, to be able to, to get in the fight with some confidence. But uh, you wouldn't call it a winning play, for sure. Um, guy made the catch. It's just he's not the only guy in the play. Uh, we have a tendency to want to think that it always comes down to one guy. Um, to, a, to a molecular level, then yes, it, at some point, Schobert lost that play. It wasn't the key factor of the play, though. It was a a good throw. Uh, The guy made a nice catch on. Schobert's right there. Um, If the ball is two inches inside, it bounces off Schobert's head. So you you got to give the quarterback a lot of credit as well. Um, He got beat on the play, though. You know, I I would argue in many cases that, like I said earlier, the play is lost when the ball goes in the air because a lot of people didn't do their jobs then. I'm, I'm probably going to put more of the emphasis on the fact that a throw was made and it was made to a spot that was very difficult for the quarterback to hit. And he would have needed uh, the space, the time to be able to make that throw. I wouldn't put it on Schilbert, but at the same time, when you're in coverage, the goal is not to have the ball thrown to you anyway. Uh, being targeted to some degree is a loss if the guy makes the catch.
0: I'm going to just say it like this. Uh, and this is kind of hedging, uh, and I apologize for this. It's better than John Bostick i just <laughs> Johnny Bostic. <laughs> he was it's a treat. Better. It's better than Bostic. John got Bostic. targeted
1: seven times a game. They, they couldn't get him out of coverage. <laughs> the yeah, only it, time he didn't get it, targeted it, it, was when he wasn't I, on the field have, at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have visions of Kansas City destroying John Bostic a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, boy. That, was, that game Mahomes was bad. Was,
1: uh, the first uh, half of that game was like a circus.
0: And Patrick Mahone's second, uh, second game. Oh, big up to my guy, Coach Caller. We're definitely going to jump into his question. Big up to my guy Brent Rodriguez, one of my football senseis who taught me a lot about the game. So big up to him. He's now a chef. He's chefing up treats in the kitchen, but he's also a offensive football wizard. Former uh, college offensive coach. Uh, those so those skills up- go hand in hand. Yes, yes. He's he's a, he's a, he's a uh, he he's he's a ginsu. He's a sensei in the kitchen. So big up to him, Brent, with the spices. He's spicy in the kitchen and spicy on offense. Let's jump into the secondary quickly. Give me a grade on the secondary. Let me give you some stats, though, before you give me a grade uh, on the secondary. Derek Carr, 28-39, of only nine incompletions, 382, two touchdowns, a rating of 126.6. The success of a quarterback is always uh, symbiotic to pass rush. Um, I, I think... His success in the game was largely due to the fact that T.J. Watt went out, pass rush, suffered. As a result, they got more comfortable in their play calling because they could protect, spread out the Steelers, and really get after a young secondary. What's your grade for the Steelers' secondary?
1: I, I'd give them a D. I don't think they played well at all today. Um, in fact, probably on review, I'll bet I'll say it was worse. Um, unfortunately for my boy, James Pierre, I don't think he played at a varsity level today. Um, Speaking of not varsity level, Justin Lane, um, (laughs) they're not going to want him on the field much anymore. Uh, I guarantee you Cincinnati is going to notice him on film. He was bad. Um, I don't think I have an opinion on Sutton at at this point. Minka gave up some plays today. Uh, He knew it too after that touchdown. Um, The all pro guy needs to make that play. Uh, he, He missed it a little bit. This is though, Lance, going back to what we talked about last week, the more, you shadow one guy. The more you commit to taking away one guy, the more that's going to be exploited. And that's what happened on that Henry Ruggs yeah. touchdown. Minka, because it was hammered in his head all week, Waller, 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 Waller. On third down, all Carr did was sit and stare at Waller until it was long enough for Ruggs to get to his stem and then go. And Ruggs can fly. So it doesn't take a whole lot. And Ruggs is going against um, Witherspoon. I don't. He might not have even played a snap before that. Uh, on a deep post in which Witherspoon's supposed to have over-the-top help. Minka's too far over. Ruggs is too fast. Minka got beat on that play. Not his his finest moment. I'm not going to rip the guy, but unfortunately, when you're a free safety, it's a lot like an offensive tackle. You can be great for all but three plays in a game, and you're a dog because of the three plays that you missed. That was one for Minka. Uh, The secondary did not make a difference in this game at all. Derek Carr had – you know the ability to do whatever he wanted to do. He threw a good game for sure, but not not a great game from them. They they did not make much of a difference. I understand the pass rush does play into that factor, but if that's the case, then you should just have marginal guys in the secondary. You should never pay any of them, and you should right. just bring in mid round players. Right. You can't do that. Uh, they're there to make a difference in the game. And I don't feel that they did that at all today.
0: Right, because pass rush is not going to get there consistently. So let's go over the grades. We'll just stop with your grade with the D. And, we'll, well, you know, depending on the length of the show, we'll both do grades. Or we'll not. So overall, we got quarterback C plus running back C, offensive line F, wide receiver C, tight end D, defensive line B minus, linebacker C minus, and we given the secondary a D. Let me jump into some of these comments. And because I gave him such great intro, we'll jump into uh, the two comments from Coach Caller. And he wrote, no pass rush equals no win. But I think the lack of offense was the biggest culprit. The defense was out there a lot. And we talked about that a little bit at the start of the show. They're not playing many offensive snaps. You're talking about they're averaging 50-some-odd snaps per game. They're having the ball roughly about 25, 26 minutes a game. Um, they're out there a ton. And what we talked about also earlier in the show, they have to pitch a, a, a shutout, a perfect game, essentially. Not a shutout on a scoreboard, but – They can't make any mental mistakes, give up any big plays, give up touchdowns like that, like they did to Ruggs, because they're so bad offensively. It's going to be tough for them to hold up.
1: I would agree with that. It's Everything on a football field is connected, but you still have to do your job. You still have to do your assignment. It's never a situation where you can say, well, we did our part. They didn't do theirs fundamentally at a 10,000 foot level, that might be true. But the reality is the defense did not stop the opposing offense for much of the second half. And the situation went from suck to blow largely because of that. Let's keep in mind, they had, I think it was second down and goal from the four before the Leatherwood penalty uh, right after the fall start before the Leatherwood penalty and before their other penalty setting up another field goal in the first half. They had three field goals in the first half. Two of them came inside the red zone. Defense wasn't getting the job done early. It, it's not as if they played a great game just because they only scored nine points. The Raiders got in their own Good way more than anything. Yeah. It wasn't a great game from the defense. Um, I, I understand that, yes, to, to some degree, the defense was put into a rough spot because the offense didn't play. But now we're getting into to, to division. Okay, It's not one versus the other. The Steelers aren't playing themselves. Neither side did the job they needed to do today and i know that cuz they lost. You you can't give that right. much credit to one side and not enough to the other when you gave up what 16 points in the second half and you scored 16 points in the game. You know, both of those things are are not on the right side of of where you want to be if you're a winning team. So overall, no, i i wouldn't say they they both failed in in their own way. They both did not make the plays that they
0: needed to make. Let me jump into a couple more comments from coach caller and I love the way you put that because I think too often, and, and, and I think fans, we as fans have, have fallen into the espn coverage of, of football where a unit gets overly blamed when on a, you lose the game as a team. It's not like when you get a loss. It's not like it's the Steelers are 1-0 and defense is 0-1. Like It's a team loss. There, there's enough bad play on both sides of the ball uh, for you to lose the game. And Coach Caller also said, D-grade for defensive backs, although no QB pressure adds to DB problems. Too much spying on LVTN, uh, LV tight end. And lastly, he said, the Las Vegas receivers made no challenge catch; It was toss and catch. Uh, you know, it, it, it's... um. It, this was a tough one. I mean, your strength right now is your defense. And again, if your defense does not play well, and now... It's gonna play below the standard. I don't care what Tomlin says when he says a standard is a standard. You can't maintain that standard with the level of injuries that they have. You just suffered a season-ending injury to Tyson Alulu. Two it is out. Uh Bush is out with the groin. TJ has a groin. Hayden has a groin. I mean, you're absolutely banged up early in the year, but let's end the let's end the show with this comment from Melvin. Big up to Mel, Omega Sci-Fi. Big up to you. Um, And he said, so is the season over? Should we not watch them anymore? Of course not. The OL is (laughs) what it is. They may gel. They may not. Time will tell. I'll have hope until this comes a time when hope is lost. Are we overreacting, Neil? I mean, we've been pretty hard on them today. But I think it's fair because they lost the game and they didn't play particularly well. But two males question overall. so, So is the season over? Is hope all lost? Does hope spring eternal? Hopefully I got that cliche right. Look into you your crystal. Time, I did, I got that cliche right. See Hope Springs eternal. Look into <clears> your <throat> into your crystal ball when you look at this team, particularly on the offensive side of football. I, I... <laughs>
1: I'm the guy who picked them to be 7-10. and 10. I, I don't understand. Yeah. What, what yeah. are we talking about? Win the yeah, Super Bowl? Did. No, I never yeah, thought we, they were going to do that. Yeah, so we,
0: we did fix 7-10. So.
1: The season is exactly where I thought it would be at this point, to be honest with you. Now they're 1-1. One one. I didn't expect them to win at Buffalo, and I thought they'd win today. Along with that, I'm not going to bet on the Steelers this season. <laughs> I obviously will know. But um, it, it, it's this is entirely dependent on how you expected them to perform this year, there was somebody who said in the comments earlier after the draft he thought they were going 13 and four. I think the season's over to that guy. I'm not sure it is. Anybody that had maybe a, a, a more realistic interpretation of what they were going to do this year, um, this is year one of a two year rebuild, Lance. You know, th- we're going to see a lot of these games. I'm sorry, but it's going to happen. Um, I they didn't play particularly well. If we go to the full team perspective again. They did not play a good overall team game last week either. This was a little bit worse, and it's mostly because their defense didn't kick three kinds of hell out of their their offensive line. They didn't do that today, and they lost the game. Uh, Their season, as we talked about this entire offseason, is going to depend on how good their defense can be, and that is going to largely depend on their health. As we sit in the aftermath of week two, does it sound like they're going to do well this year for me? No, I don't. They're losing defensive players left and right. It, as quickly as the season started, they lost four of them. By Midway through the second quarter, a week two, they're down four starters. They're not going to be able to overcome that. They're certainly not going to count on their offense to lead them. So, no, I, I don't think they're going to – I when you say it's over, no. They have 15 games left to play, period. You know, we're, we're going to continue to watch this. We're going to continue to do the show, and hopefully you guys weigh in. Up until, you know, we're, we're talking about the draft in three weeks. Who knows? But I, I don't think this team is going to be especially competitive this season. I think they have a lot of things that they need to overcome. And a, a string of some luck and ideal health could have gotten them to a, a better point. But 7 and 10 might have been optimistic at that point as well because their offense is even worse than I thought that it was going to be.
0: And this is why we continue to watch the games. Because I love Mel, because hope does spring eternal. And I'm going to challenge you guys, Steeler fans. If the season does take a turn for the worst, you still better subscribe. You better. You still better check out the program. I'm challenging Steeler Nation. And I love Mel for the optimism. I think we can still win the division. Ravens and Bengals are down right now. Just saying. And hey, hope springs eternal. Uh, Bengals are still playing. I'm not sure. I'm not it sure. It at, at four. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't. It came don't, back. The Bears were up on him like seventeen three or something. Yeah, it's the bungles. I mean, who knows? Um, you know, I don't I don't, I don't. I don't. I try not to call them by their actual name um, as, as, an, <laughs> as an as an <laughs> Omar as a, as old. Yeah, playing until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of you have a lot of, I, I, yeah, a lot of alternatively
1: selected perspectives of what's going yeah. on in the NFL.
0: So, Neil, before we get out of here, um, you know, we talk about let me just give some scheduling. So some scheduling. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to do the show at one thirty. So let everybody know we're going to do, the show at one thirty, try to do it 30 minutes after uh, the game, whether if they're playing later or whatever, so it'll be 30 minutes after. And we're going to do the Thursday show. The Thursday show is going to be early morning around six a.m. Pacific Standard Time, nine a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Brett Rodriguez, again. Coach Caller is right. The season rests on the O line gelling. It, you know it has. It it has to. It it has to happen. I mean, uh, and, here's um,
1: here's another idiom, Lance. What? How does this one go? You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Is that what it is? I think that's what.
0: I, I'm terrible yeah, with cliche. Yeah, so I don't I think know. that's so, what it is. Before we get out of here, Neil, what's what's going on? What you got for so listeners should look. I don't know. A lot network. of
1: a lot of teeth gnashing. I'm sure. But in um, injury situations, it's time for other guys to step up. We're officially in next man up standard is the standard territory from Mike Tomlin. We'll see who the Steelers media department is goodly enough to trot out for us to talk to this coming week. I'm sure it uh, I'm sure it won't be Melvin Ingram um, or excuse me, not Melvin Ingram, um, uh, Trey Turner, who, by the way, uh, Mike Tomlin said Turner is saying somebody on the raiders spit at him first so uh maybe there's something to that maybe we should you know at least listen to that side of it before uh we condemn but i, I will say this uh the nfl does not rule against video evidence and i i am 99.9 certain uh turner's going to get suspended so we add in the defensive losses that they have they're going to be down a right guard next week as well so we we can uh we can look forward to the return of B.J. Finney. He will absolutely make that line a lot better.
0: <clears throat> yes, he will.
1: Um, no problems at all in a big divisional game.
0: So let me end the show on a positive note by simply saying, Steeler fans, remember to always tune in, tell a friend, <laughs> and subscribe. It's the only way I could end it. Steelers totally one takes seven one. The Steelers 1-1, one and one, tough loss, but there's 15 more of these. So hope does truly spring eternal. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Enjoy your Sunday, Steeler fans. And thank you for supporting the program.